Welcome, sports fans, to Ultra 64. I'm Steve Guntley. What a lovely day it is for some baseball. I'm Woody Siskowski. I am guest commentator Josiah Coolidge. And here with us as always... Hi, this is Ken Griffey Jr. Let's play Major League Baseball. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the podcast that's about Nintendo 64 games. We play them all the time and we talk about them even more. My name is Steve Gunley. That's right, Steve. Every week you're greeted with a new Ultra 64 episode. And today we have two baseball games for you. I'm Woody Siskowski. You notice that your your uh, baseball voice is very similar to your Stan Lee voice. Oh. <laughs> well, I would they're say... Both, they're all hucksters, I think. I yeah, would say Stan Lee would make an excellent baseball commentator. I see no reason I why I would to commentary by Stan Lee. Greetings, true believers. <laughs> it's time for some wonderful web-slinging baseball action. And who do we have with us today? I'm Josiah Coolidge. Hi, Josiah I've Coolidge. I've been on a podcast once before. Welcome you, back. I'm we're, so happy to be back because it's one of my favorite podcasts. We're, we're, thank you very much, and we're happy to have you back for a better game than Vigilante 8. <laughs> I don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> I felt bad springing that one on you, but uh, yeah... This week we played Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. Just, and he, he just left. He just he was able he to just stop left. by he was for here, that quick intro. appearance. Really and, nice of him yeah. to make that little appearance, but he, he did have to leave. So we played that one, and then it's follow-up sequel, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Slugfest, uh, which I thought were two completely separate games that just happened to have the same mascot character, but no, they are uh, sequels to each other. So Slugfest is a gardening simulator. Um, yes. You go out and uh, <laughs> you have to plant these, you, have, you get this little shaker of salt mm-hmm. and you had it's kind of like tower defense so there's these <laughs> slugs that are coming towards your guard and you move this hand and you have to drop the salt on the slugs before you can get there i like it okay what are they going are they going for your tomatoes or yeah. what are they going for okay yeah. no right. it's, it's a difficulty thing so oh, like the okay. tomatoes is the easiest level and then um the harder levels is the peas you know because they spread out more or the strawberries is the hardest level because the leaves are obstructing your or maybe lettuce because it goes really quickly like yep. it's really kind of fragile that's yeah. the bonus level i want to play this yeah um, I don't know. It's weird that they got the Ken Griffey license. Yeah, yeah like, it is. Play this, yeah, he was retired at the point at, at this point. And he's just like, you know what? I want to focus on my gardening, on my slug yeah. killing. People only think of me for hitting home runs, but yeah. I do a lot more. Yes. So Josiah was kind enough to come in and fill in for uh, our usual sports desk correspondent, Nicole Vatisse, who flatly refused to play this game because she hates baseball. I, I'm willing to bet that Josiah might know more about baseball than Nicole. I and that's okay. And either of us. Yes. Yeah, no, so. absolutely. And yeah, Josiah is an actual baseball fan. And like, that's something I can't, like, I don't hate baseball, but like, it, it's just not something I pay attention to. Tell us, I, about, tell us about baseball, Josiah. When, about was baseball. It, when was it invented? Who discovered <laughs> it? Well, um, uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure it started in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Why not? 1890 It was invented by Robert E. Lee mm-hmm. as a thing to do with his troops during the <laughs> Battle of Stonewall. That was the bat. They, they would try and hit the ball over mm-hmm. the stone wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a home run. Yeah, that's got how that Stonewall Jackson got his name because he was Legendary the, he was the baseball Mark player. McGuire of his Well, time. it sounds like you know mm-hmm. everything about baseball. Would the key so I don't know what the 
is to make it up. <laughs> oh, that's the king. Well, that's, that's the king. Yep. It's, got, it's how I've gotten where I am today, Josiah. Yeah, that's we, what the biggest baseball commentators do. They just invent stats. Just make and, shit up. And by the time people look, you've changed it in the, the stat book. And Yeah, see, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa never actually had that like home run competition that summer. It was just like a competition Some, between sportscasters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who can write the bigger number? And it was surprisingly difficult for all of them. Well, They're like, well, what if know. I add one to this? Well, much like the wwe baseball is all scripted oh yeah, and yeah. it's all planned out pitch by pitch they have these very gripping storylines yeah these little <laughs> interpersonal dramas which is why it's just so popular nowadays it's still <laughs> so how popular is baseball like it's I, on the decline it's, it's definitely kind of falling decline. apart yeah I, I don't remember the exact numbers but i saw that the averages for attendance across the board are down this year and they were already down last year the, mo- the worst they've been in a really long time why, so why do you think that is i think because while I love baseball, it's very boring, and it, it it's, puts you to sleep. It's a little tedious to watch, and I think whatever reason, football has just kind of supplanted it, even though it's objectively the worst sport. Well, I think I think that there's a lot of patience required with baseball. So yeah. while you might not, for the first hour and a half, it might be a little slow and it might be a little bit boring, I think the very exciting points in baseball are when you're biting your fingernails and every pitch counts and it and it gets down to the wire that's mm. when baseball gets really good i mean in going to baseball games i think it's i mean i i'm happy to go to a baseball yes. game like it, it, they're actually the tickets are affordable like to go to football games is like hundred dollar tickets at yeah. least yeah and to go to baseball games it's like 20 bucks you yeah. go and you order some overpriced curly fries you hang out with your friends and you dip and dots do yeah. they have dip and dots there I don't remember if they do, but they do have... I associate that I as, like, stadium must, food, yeah. But they also have, this year, at the Mariners Stadium, a donut bar. Ooh. Where they are frying donuts oh. two feet in front of you, and they are maybe the best donuts I've ever had. And you, is the it, fryer is made out of a recycled men's room trough, <laughs> which is nice. I, I'm glad they're reusing It's actually a giant bat. Back in the day, they had bats the size of coffins. Ooh, so wow. They filled it with oil, and then now they're Babe frying Babe Ruth's donuts. record is, is bullshit. His yeah. car is the size of a, of a Buick. <laughs> Do they have, like, toppings that you can put on it? Oh, they is have that way? tons of toppings. Ooh. Now I feel like I'm doing a commercial for the yeah. Mariners. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, just for Everyone those Everyone check know, out the Mariners. They're a Seattle team. Yeah, we are We are located in, in Washington. Yes. Beautiful Bellingham, Washington. So the Mariners, I guess, are our team? I suppose Definitely. so. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it, in, to the degree we have a team. I, I was telling these guys, I was realizing while I was researching this and uh, when we started playing it, I don't think I've actually played a baseball video game since RBI Baseball on the NES, that was like that was like the first and only. And now I am starting to think that yeah, uh, uh, I might want to dig into these a little more because uh, spoiler alert for a little later on, I had a lot of fun with this game or these games. I guess they're I mean they're pretty similar enough to yeah. almost call them oh, one definitely. game, but um, yeah, baseball yeah. games have their charm. I mean they do a good job capturing that sort of tense interplay of the batter and pitching action, and I mean. Fielding is generally not too exciting in these games. No, I well, I you know I I think defense is the most interesting part of any sport, so I really enjoy the pitching and defense. But I think the fun is with your buddies trying to hit home runs and, mm-hmm. and running up the score. I think that's fun to score thirty runs in a game. It was more fun playing multiplayer than it was playing single player. Uh, and I, in the single player mode isn't bad. It's just yeah, it was more fun trying to outwit each other with the pitches. I mean, the nice thing about single player mode is um, you w- you want to get into the season thing. And I think both of these games have a season mode where mm-hmm. you can select the team and you play a ton of game. When you play the season modes, and like you said, you were playing MLB The Show. Mm-hmm. Um, do you play every game in the season? Or so do you I started playing every game in the season. Yeah. So for a long time, I was playing MVP 5 which 
I still think is the best baseball game ever made. Really? And people are still making roster updates for it and creating players every year and putting them on the internet. Okay. It's so good. Um, and so when I played that game, I, I did try to go through every game. Um, it's a little more updated now, uh, 13 years later, where you can simulate games. And yeah. you can also simulate in the middle of a game. So a lot of times mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll play two or three innings, and if it's not going my way, I'll simulate three or four more innings and then jump back in at the end. Does, it, um, does that tend to go well for you, or are you usually farther behind at that uh, point? It depends, you know, okay. it depends, but yeah. uh, I'm not too bad at the game, so it's, yeah. it's fine. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I really, my favorite thing about video games are kind of repetitive, relaxing games. I don't, I don't generally like shooters, I like relaxing games where I can listen to podcasts, and baseball definitely, like, fits that. I could actually see, like, th- that's a compelling argument for playing modern baseball games to me like like because i i do the same thing i like to catch up on podcasts or audiobooks or stuff stuff like that so sometimes usually my go-to is like a like a long rpg Mm. or something or you know so something i don't really need to pay super close attention to and a baseball game might actually fit that pretty well that there's you could draw a lot of parallels between like a sports a season sports game and an rpg in terms of like hey you're like trading players and some guys get injured and like it's especially fun i really enjoy like between seasons where you yeah. have to like guys retire or leave and you have to buy new players and you trade and then sort well, of and managing the budget and yeah. a lot of you know in the newer ones you can even get down to like how much are you charging for cotton candy and, and oh my can, god well, they have like <laughs> check your, it's your like budget roller coaster and you're trying to make money. yeah so there's yeah. so much into it that it's almost more fun doing the management side of it and you also because mlb teams have smaller teams that have their players you actually can manage three teams at once oh and so you're sending players up and down and there's all kinds of rules and yeah i i think baseball games are pretty overlooked and i understand that not a lot of people like baseball but there there have been some very solid games for a really long time well, I, I think I've been letting, like, football games kind of taint my opinion of sports games in general, just because I so passionately hate football. Uh, the, and, like, I don't know, I just find the games unintuitive and bland and not fun. They and, take a while to figure out. Well, yeah. I, I think part of the the fun of baseball games to me is that because a lot of it is people standing around and it's, you know, it's a patient game, the graphics are able to be a lot better and it looks very much like you're these games in look Seattle pretty because good yeah you don't have to worry about everything moving all at once yeah as far as Nintendo 64 games go they look they, they do look pretty good well let, let's take a yeah. step back because I think we we let's talk about a little bit about our own personal history with baseball and like our own like because I think I played Little League back in the day uh which like for two years I played Little League yeah. I wasn't very good at it but it was fun and then like, I would go to baseball games, but I think the last game I went to, if I recall correctly, it was Rockies and Giants, and I didn't pay attention to the score at all because me and this cute girl from my theater class were getting in a water fight. So I was more interested in that. That yeah, was way, that that was way better. Yeah. That was way better. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so I, I grew up in Colorado, so the Rockies were, like, by default my team, so, like, I had to pretend to care about them. Uh, but they never really gave us much to care about. Um but like you guys, were you guys out here for the Mariners for the moment? What are you out here for I the was. Mariners? I would say that was a decently big part of. I mean, that match is a big part of my family. I'm probably the least, the least interested in baseball of anyone in my family. But both my mother and my brother were very invested in um, the Mariners during that sort of heyday, which is where this game. This is probably the most 
Seattle focused game. We're you know certainly for that we're going to play on this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Any Nintendo because you know they have obviously Ken Griffey Jr. is a hero in Seattle. And, he is, yeah. Um, there's a lot of great great players on the Mariners from this time, and they even had a commentary from Dave Niehaus, who was the announcer. Yeah, I was Seattle. really. I didn't. You know, I didn't ever hear that he had done parts of a game, but I was really tickled to hear that. I I love Dave Niehaus, and that voice is very iconic and and i had no idea who that was but they also had uh commentary by vin scully which along with ken griffey jr is a reference i only know from the simpsons because uh gabbo does an imitation of him and ken griffey uh appears on the simpsons and gets a grotesquely swollen jaw from drinking too much of uh, mr burns's tonic yeah the nerve tonic yeah it's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited i remember i think he's one of the few players that was able to transcend that episode yeah because no i heard of like steve socia anymore yeah about yeah mike socia steve Sachs, oh, all yeah. these guys like ozzy smith like most I've read about that. Like most people, when they approach them, it's because of that Simpsons episode. It's not like they're twenty plus be years sort of playing. Yeah, it really does. It's not like I'm a Hall of Fame baseball. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like Daryl yeah. Strawberry, the greatest, play, one of the greatest players. Everyone just remembers River. the one tier. Yeah, like, the one episode. In, in no, I don't remember that actually. <laughs> the, 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 the fifteen seconds of spoken dialogue. LA, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Strawberry is great in that episode. Though. Oh yeah, no, no hustle either. Skip is definitely. Uh, a quote I come back it's to. It's such a often. nice, like, burn, yeah. yeah. And, and just that him and Homer have any kind of rivalry at all is yeah. hilarious to me. Um, I don't know. So, okay. Wait, wait, tell us. We, we skipped Josiah. Here. Oh, yes, tell yes, us yes. about your baseball history. So, I, you know, I was a little young for the all of the wonderful times to be a Mariners fan those yeah. three years. Um, <laughs> but I certainly there are pictures of me wearing Mariners clothes. And okay, okay. Them. So, um, I have been, you know, very closely following the Mariners for the last... 10, 15 years, and okay. uh, it's been nothing but pain and misery, but that's all right. I, I mean, do you feel like you guys are still living in the shadow of those times? Is there anybody oh, kind of doubt, emerging? Yes. Every other night is 90s night, and mm. oh, remember, okay. turn back the clock and remember Griffey, and wow. every year we manage to bring back Ichiro, who's 43 years old and can't run, or <laughs> Griffey, who's falling asleep in the dugout, dugout during games, yeah. and so it's never really a good time to be a Mariners fan. Um, oh. Yesterday in particular, really bad day to be a Mariners fan. Was it really? Oh, well, no. our best player broke his hand two days ago. Oh, and, shit. And uh, then yesterday got busted for steroids and is out for 80 games. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I saw that. I saw it, that when it rains, it pours. And it's I, been I, pouring for... Forty years. <laughs> I will say I've been I've been looking up like I've been looking up Ken Griffey Jr. For, like for more information. No steroid scandals that I can tell around that guy, which is surprising <laughs> to me. Like I kind of he ballooned up pretty bad, and yeah. uh, I kind of wonder anytime you see players. But so far, yeah, I mean, he's, I've, and he's I've, kind of the golden child for that. For, right, he was in that era where Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, all of them kind of they were using like fell human growth one by one, or... and Griffey never got. Caught, <laughs> so we you know we could say he never did them, but sure. I don't know if I believe that personally. The new yeah, yeah, we're calling him out. We're bringing it, bringing it up. Trusted news source, Ultra Sixty Four. Put us on the AP. Pretty sure he was doing something, but okay. That's okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that they were never. Uh, from what I can tell, nothing has been proven conclusively, and there's been no real. And I think at this point, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. He yep. uh, nearly was unanimous. He was one vote off. He was the closest they've ever come to having a unanimous. 
unanimous vote for the uh, Hall of Fame. And and the, he probably should have been, but they didn't solely because no one has before, and they don't want to break that streak. Uh, of I, no I read it was unanimous. it was ninety nine point seven. Yeah. So like some there's a point three of a person out there who just didn't want it to happen. Yeah. Uh, but you know whatever that's all good. Let, let's talk about King Griffey Jr. a little bit. I got some info on him. Uh, so full name George Kenneth Griffey Jr. Uh, his father, Ken Griffey Sr., was a player for the Cincinnati Reds, so uh, I don't know how big of what? a deal he was. They actually played together. Did they? They have hit home runs back-to-back. The Damn. Only, I think the only father and son to hit two home runs back-to-back. Wow. wow, so his dad must have played when he was pretty old. Yeah, yeah, they were. Well, I mean, I think it was Griffey's... Junior started really young, too. He started when he was they 19. And they were playing together. Wow, that's pretty awesome. has got to be the cool... I mean, like, you know, most people... Play catch with their dad yeah. or whatever, but not in front that of cool. thirty thousand I mean, people. I've I've read enough about like Griffey Senior's shitty treatment of his son to not mm. feel super nostalgic about that. <laughs> yes. I guess he put you know. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I should bring it up, but Ken Griffey Junior. tried to kill himself when he was eighteen years old. Mm. Uh, he tried to overdose on pills, and a lot of it had to do with like a lot of the pressure his dad was putting on him and the pressures of the game and everything like that. It was just too much. Uh, so, I mean, thank God he survived and he pulled through that. Well, well, yeah, kind of, uh, he did well I mean, I, for himself. He did very yeah, well for himself. He's made it, I he, guess. He, he pushed <laughs> through that. Well, and I, I, I'm sure that's true with a lot of sports, but that's interesting because Ichiro just, there was an article about him this off season where he, it was revealed that a lot of similar, the way his dad treated him and forced him to play, he still cries in his sleep when he doesn't play well. Yeah. And he... It's like everything to him, and it's kind of a curse. That's intense. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy being a professional. I don't know. I, no. I think about this sometimes with just people who have reached that level of uh, either sports or celebrity or anything like that. Just our inability to relate to these people, like or see them as human beings at all anymore. And just the yeah. amount of pressure that they put on themselves, and yeah. So no, I yeah. I can sympathize. So if you're gonna let your kids play baseball, just let them have fun. No, exactly. don't, because then they're never going to get in the Hall of Fame. They're never going to have four. They're never going to be licensed for four video games. They're never going to yeah. buy you a giant house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ken Griffey Jr., he played for 22 years. Uh, about half that time was with the Seattle Mariners, the, his heyday, really. Uh, but he also played for the Cincinnati Reds, and he did one season with the Chicago White Sox right near the end. But he came back. His final season was with the Mariners, and it was just kind of like a... Tell us Formality. about that final season. It was, uh, it was a season. I think I saw him once or twice that season. Because, um, you know, Mariners tickets are always cheap, and yeah. you want to go see Ken Griffey Jr. He's a legend. Yeah, sure. Um, what I remember from that season is that he fell asleep several times in the dugout mm-hmm. and um, at one point was insulted by something the manager did, and he just left. In the middle of the season, someone called a reporter and said, Ken Griffey Jr. is at this gas station in Montana. Why is he not at the Mariners game? And One moment. Sorry, the cat broke in. <laughs> Fuck cat. Yeah, toss that cat. Keep yeah. talking. Just and, that was the end, and that was the end of the return of Ken Griffey Jr. He literally ran away from baseball. Okay. And, and it was pretty awkward. And uh, But it was for the best. I don't think he could run to first base in 10 seconds by that he was, point. He was so. ready to be done. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless of how it all ended, he is still considered, rightly, I think, one of the best players in, of oh, all of time. And I he, think, you know, Mariners fans like to give him a little bit of shit, but he yeah. still comes around and he meets with players, and he, he's a good guy. He uh, he has 630 career home runs, which is the sixth highest of all time. Uh, 1,836 RBIs, which is the 16th highest of all time. 
He's earned 13 All-Star Awards, among dozens of other accolades. Uh, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2016, and he also holds spots in the Hall of Fame for the Mariners and the Reds. And Sports Illustrated, when they were ranking the uh, all the players in the Hall of Fame, he came in 35th out of 125 players. So pretty good. Uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame actually credits him with saving baseball in Seattle. And a lot of that has to do with one specific game, October 8th, 1995, Mariners against the Yankees. And uh, he scored a winning run off of a drive by Edgar Martinez that won like a division title for them at the last minute. It was like a crazy, crazy play. It was so good that they named his first SNES game after, or his second uh, Super Nintendo game after. Winning it run. was called Ken Griffey Jr.'s Winning Run. Um, still considered by a lot of fans as like one of the best baseball games ever made. I haven't played it, but Rare yeah. made that game, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so he's got he's got license for four four baseball games. Four baseball games. Yeah, wow. first one was just uh, two made, for Super Nintendo, two for N sixty four, and then yeah. it's on the cover of MLB The Show seventeen right. for his Hall of cool. Fame so year. Go, so go, and it's him with the backwards baseball cap, and you know they did it right. Cool. So as with many talents that are you know brilliant you know, like you know your, your dustin hoffman's your mariah carey's your steve guntley's <laughs> riffy <laughs> your steven seagal he had a reputation for being hard to work with uh so he was a little touchy around crowds he got it like you said in his later seasons he just kind of walked away from stuff i've watched some very cringe inducing interviews with espn with him uh and yeah he had some kind of diva-ish behavior uh a, a lot towards the end uh, and some of that was due to just like he wasn't in top form anymore. He had a lot of injuries with his hamstrings, so he couldn't really run or, anymore. And uh, his game dropped significantly uh, towards the end of his career. But he still does a lot of work with like children's charities and stuff like that. Apparently, he's real good with kids. He's not great with adults, <laughs> but he's real good with kids. Well, um, and, and that's why we like our sports heroes. We like yeah. to, to vilify them and get angry that they're divas. But at the same time... That's so much more interesting than, you know, oh, my team's great and we're all great and everything's good. It's way more fun to watch Richard Sherman trash talk somebody or Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, yeah. It's... I think it adds to the legend of it. Absolutely, absolutely. You want some personality in your sports personalities, you know. All right, let's get on to these games. Let's talk about them because we have, we've barely scratched the surface on these games. Our first one that we played was Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. It was released May 31st, 1998. Published by Nintendo, developed by Angel Studios, and it is a Nintendo 64 exclusive. Angel Studios is today better known as Rockstar San Diego. Oh, uh, wow. They are the creators of Red Dead Redemption, Max Payne, L.A. Noir, and Grand Theft Auto V, the best-selling game of all time. Yeah, no one's played any of those games. Grand Theft Auto V is the best-selling game, the of, best all selling game of all time. It is the best-selling game of all time. continually number one every single year for most se- It's insane. Yeah, I think it just officially set the record last year. Like, What it, did it beat out? Like, uh, I think... Uh, what, I, don't, I don't know if they're counting, like... Super Mario Brothers or Tetris because those were pack-ins. So I think of like independent games that like weren't packed into the system. I thought Super Mario Brothers 3 was the best-selling game of all time, but that was no. a long time ago. No, right? not good. That's been surpassed a few times okay. now. But yeah, yeah, so that's up there. Um, so wow. this is only their second game ever. Uh, their first game ever, you guys might remember a little Sega Saturn classic called Mr. Bones. I, re- I own that game. That's a great game. It's weird as shit. I don't know if it's shit. a great game. No, but it's, it's weird. Like, it's crazy. It's like a, you're, it's this generic platformer, but you play as a skeleton. And do you have an electric guitar? You're, you're a the skeleton, skeleton of a, you're a deceased blues man. man. I, don't, I don't know. That sounds pretty great. Yeah. I haven't played it. And it, like, it inter- intercuts like CGI characters with like full motion video of musicians like noodling around on skull shaped guitars. It's nuts and really goofy Sega and fun. Sega Saturn has a lot of cool 2D games. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they definitely like do. That. 
So uh, apart from the two Ken Griffey games, they also developed the N64 port of Resident Evil 2. So this studio is kind of a big deal. Uh, They did very well for themselves. And uh, for this being only their second game, it already comes across very polished, I think. Like, it, it came across really well. So yeah, like we said, it's technically the third game in the series of Ken Griffey games. The first one was Ken Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball which is just, it's a very similar title to this yeah. one, but just presents instead of featuring. And uh, and then uh, Winning Run. So um, I, yeah. I've played both those games for Super Nintendo. They're both fun. Um, one thing I think is worth talking about is those games don't have the license for the other players. Right. So you'll have Ken Griffey in them, but then other players will just be like, H. Hermendez and like <laughs> S. Guntley. Todd Gonzalez. J. Jay Coolidge. Or like, yeah. <laughs> Schmidt McDougat. <laughs> F fake name. Um, and no, so rattle off four or five more. Oh, I know I'm I'm no, blanking on it. this. I usually, I usually do better, guys. Sorry. Um, but one thing that's weird is they mimic the batting orders and the stats of real players. So you could go in and change the names to actually get the real players and have that stats match. That's kind but. of a tradition. In MVP 05, they did not have the rights to Barry Bonds. He wasn't in the players' <laughs> union. Yeah. And so Barry Bonds was just a big white guy. And I don't remember <laughs> what is it. He had, like, a blonde mustache. And a lot of people had to go in and change. Like, no, this is Barry Bonds. He has 600 home runs. Like, we know who that is. The guy but, had, like, really good stats. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. B-E-R-R-Y Bonds. Yeah. yeah. Bonds with a Z. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So yeah, uh, but these, these games, the Nintendo sixty four ones, do have the license. So they do. Yeah, you players. get all you get all thirty teams. You get a bunch of the stadiums. You get a lot of the players as well. Um, and I think the Super Nintendo games, I would I don't know. From what I read, they went for more of like a straightforward simulation approach. And I think this one's trying to be a little faster. Well, a little I would say looser. they were about the same. I would say they would were about say? the same. I mean, old baseball games can never have that much of a simulation approach. Because, like, old being, I would say, Super Nintendo and before, because their mechanic of pitching is that you can essentially control the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so that automatically lends an arcadey feel. Have you guys ever played a game called Baseball Simulator 1000 for the no, NES? I have not. That's one of my favorite <laughs> games. Um, this is just a random aside. Um, it's, um, it's a pretty standard baseball game, but your ca- characters have superpowers. Um, so at some points in the game, <laughs> okay. you can, like, do these special pitches where my favorite one is the stop ball, where your pitcher throws it and you press A and the ball will just stop oh in midair God. and your opponent will try to swing and then it'll go. That's pretty great. Um, but that makes t- me think of the Casey at the Bat Disney cartoon. Yeah. Anyway, yes. you know, my that. favorite thing about that game is the whole the light, lightning will come down before this special pitch <laughs> and the whole screen will flash. And my roommate in college was walking around outside and he looked up and he said, I could tell you were playing baseball <laughs> 1000 from outside because the whole room was flashing. <laughs> Yeah, oh it's a great, uh, great NES game. I have to check that one out. Yeah, I've never heard of that it's one. It's really cool. Uh, I think the control scheme in this is really clever. Like, I like that the when you're fielding or uh, you know, or, or even when you're on offense, like if you want to steal bases, mm-hmm. the bases are mapped to your C buttons in the same orientation. Exactly. Yeah. Was, so coming so, into this game, I was prepared to say, okay, do they do the because that's what they do on the PlayStation, and that I've played games even later on, like I've played 2K and. MLB 2K10, yeah. where they did not have that, and you had to just press X and then kind of aim, to, and it doesn't work nearly as well. I mean, it's it should be obvious. I mean, just looking at the controller, it should be like yeah, they're think, leaving money like on the table. The work is done right for you guys. They're, they're leaving it the on button. the table. Just grab it and run with it, but they did. So uh, it, that's, I think... 
like I said, I haven't played many uh, baseball games, so I don't know what's the hallmark of a good one, but I feel like that's the hallmark of a good one. They thought of that, and the the fielding is intuitive, and it's very easy to pick up. Well, one issue we had with the fielding is it's the, the camera follows the ball, yeah. not the player. Um, so sometimes the ball will get hit out far against the wall, and you don't know where your player is. Well, and even... even yeah, well, most baseball games, they'll put a little ring under the player that you're selecting, and so you know mm. immediately that's where it is, and I can start running towards so the ball. So if it's this like one, this big pop fly and you have two players, you don't know which so one you're instead controlling. It was a, we, right. No, we usually caught it, but it was a lot of you running have to, around trying to adjust where you're at. You have to put a lot of trust in the game that they're going to automatically select the right fielder that you want, uh, which they do. But it takes a little adjusting, um, and the camera yeah, is a little limiting when you're running defense. Um, but it's still, it still, be, it became less of a problem as we kind of caught on. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing with a lot of sports games is if you just play it for 10 minutes, you are going to feel like, oh, this game doesn't make sense and the controls are no good. But yeah. once you settle in and you play, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour of it, it starts to get a little more comfortable. And yeah. and the batting, the pitching and batting mechanics are pretty straightforward. There's a little batter box that the pitcher is going to aim for. If you're playing one player, it's from the pitcher's point of view. We've mostly played two players, so it's from the batter's point of view. Um, and then there's four different pitches that you can select from. Um, and I felt like this game had a pretty good balance of offense and defense. Yeah. It didn't seem too hard to get hits, mm-hmm. but you were a couple strikeouts. And, yeah, I mean, you were saying that a lot of baseball games don't get that balance right. You mm-hmm. either you know, run up 30 points or you can never get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I, um, you know, you always think going back to an older game, especially when I, I play a lot of baseball games, I could have sat and played, you know, four or five games out of this. Maybe not tonight, but I could have, I could start going through a, a season and be, and enjoy it. I, I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. No, I, mean, I was I, having a great time. I feel this. like it essentially has all the fundamentals you want in a baseball exactly. game. I mean, it's not as polished or like... It was, doesn't look as good. It was but. fun trying to fake each other out with the different pitches you could do. Like, I mean, it's pretty simple. You just have the four basic pitches. But, you know, you could throw a couple of slow balls and then throw a couple of fastballs and just kind of mix it up. And it's it's a little trickier than it initially seems. The one thing one thing I didn't like is the, the there's a reticule where you're aiming as the pitcher. Mm-hmm. But um, since it's visible the batter can just see where you're pitching. And so if you wanted to throw a ball to throw them off, the batter will just see that it's outside of the strike zone. Sure. In theory, not swing, even yeah. though you kept swinging. I kept swinging mine. because it just feels like it feels like a waste to not swing at it. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember playing, I think it was Baseball Simulator 1000 with my brother a lot. Um, and I had so much trouble getting a handle on the controls that he would continue to just run back and forth between the bases mm-hmm. until I would throw to the wrong place, <laughs> and then he would keep going. Yeah. Um, he, or like, yeah, or he would just throw balls constantly, and I would swing at everything because I was like six. <laughs> What are you trying to say here, Woody? <laughs> I'm saying that my brother still beats me at video games, the curse of and it still brother. pisses me off. When uh, I would play sports games with my younger brother, he would, ten minutes in, get so tired of playing that he would make really ridiculous decisions. Like, in a football game, it would be first down, and he'd be at his own ten-yard line, and he'd be like, I'm going to punt it now. <laughs> and I... Pitying is, you know, you should appreciate that your brother picked on you, because being pitied is way okay. worse. Yeah. That's, that's much worse. Okay, good to know. Uh, all right, do you guys want to move on to the next one? Yeah. All right, next one, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Slugfest. This came out about a year later, May 10th, 1999. Same team, uh, and the only difference is uh, it's no longer a Nintendo 64 exclusive because it's also on Game Boy Color. 
Still a Nintendo exclusive. I imagine the Game Boy Color version is much different. Much different, way better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Better graphics. They got the VR, the VR. Did you you guys ever get the VR headset for the Game Boy Color? No, No. wait, there was one? No, there was totally not one. Okay, I thought you were, like, messing with me here. I was messing with you. Was there a weird-ass, like, peripheral I I didn't know about? super crazy, though. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. (laughs) The the motion-sensitive VR thing, you had to stand in this big loop and, like, project your Game Boy Color on your system. (laughs) Uh, so not much has changed uh, between the two games really at all. I think. Uh, well, the graphics are noticeably graphics, better. For, I would say for a year, the, the presentation has taken a pretty big jump. It took a big step up. Uh, I think mostly what this one does is takes what works in the first one and just polishes all the edges, uh, which I think is probably what you want a good sports well, game I think sequel that's kind to of do. The mo of the sports game thing Every, the update yearly the updates and update the graphics a little bit. And maybe, yeah, I think they added create create a player in that. Yeah. And, yep. there's and, a create player. There's oh, there's I thought a, that was pretty cool. There's see. a home run derby in both mode in both yes. of these games, but that's just you it have a less, pitcher throw it down the middle and you just press A. It was less fun. It's never yeah. as exciting as it sounds yeah. like it'll be. Yeah, no, it's just kind of repetitive. Um, I think the the big difference, yeah, like we said, there's better graphics, better presentation. There's a lot more voice clips in it. Yeah, they name um, all the players as they're coming on. Um, yeah, there's music um, during the game. So and the uh, the batting reticle has changed. Like in the first game, it was like an, a yellow circle that was supposed to represent where your bat is. Now it's kind of like a bat shaped oval that I found harder to aim and harder to use. I don't know. I feel like think harder it's an improvement? Or? I feel like I think it's an improvement because I feel like it was harder to get hits, but it felt harder in a good way um, because it just felt more intuitive to, like, real baseball. And if you if you lined it up, the bat in different... There's, like, a sweet spot on the bat. Mm-hmm. And so you want to try to line up there, but if you hit in a different area, it just felt more intuitive of where the bat was Well, and I, th- I think part of a good baseball game is, you know, you do want that balance where... You can hit, but it, but you also want it to feel like an accomplishment when yeah. you hit a home run or when yeah. you get a, a nice hit. Like, if you're hitting it over and over and over again, that gets old very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this. Yeah, I, I, there's not too much else to say about Slugfest, just that it is the same but better. Yeah, I, I think um, in, in a good way, these games were just normal, solid baseball games. I, I like I like that you could play as the Nintendo team oh, on yeah. this. Yeah, we played as them and like we had to look up some of the people to see that they were real but like, yeah, some there, there was actual Nintendo staffers. And very weirdly, one of the players on the Nintendo team is Kobe Bryant. And we yes. were like, why is Kobe Bryant on the Nintendo team? And the reason is... Because uh, they, they Nintendo had the exclusive rights to Kobe Bryant at the time with the NBA courtside games, which just came out the year before uh well the first one did and then the second one came out that same year so uh so they're kind of like so hey, kobe bryant well is in there. in there um famous is... oscar winning alleged rapist uh, kobe bryant um so <laughs> is that um are these this just feels like kind of the only era where nintendo was making an effort to put out simulation sports games I, I mean, feel like yeah, and from from what i've read like there's the all-star baseball uh series that's also on Nintendo 64, that's, and that's more of a straightforward, straight down the line simulator, even more so than this. Like <laughs> it's it's more interested in like stats and realism and everything like that. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't go so far as to say this one's arcadey, but it is very fast and easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, Most baseball games are. Yeah. Fun. So I mean, I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. You guys have any any, uh, any buttons you want to put on that? Are we? Uh, yeah, I think are we the last thing move I'd on say is I, I thought it was cool that they took the time to put in a couple of specific batting stances. Like Ken Griffey Jr. Oh. looked like Ken Ken Griffey Jr., which 
I'm always a big fan of that because you can just put a you know a default like they're standing there swinging, but it's nice when you feel like. Oh, that kind of looks like Edgar Martinez. That kind of looks like Ken Griffey Jr. So, I'm glad I you noticed that. that. Yeah. I, I did. I yeah. would not have noticed that in a million years. Yeah, yeah I th- so I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I know Ken Griffey Jr. had kind of a bubble butt in this, and I just I had <laughs> to notice. Did, yeah. I'm always on the lookout for bubble butts <laughs> yeah, in Steve Nintendo was a 64 focused games. On the bubble butt. You know, what, what's wrong? To with stay that? away what's from that. We, we, we <laughs> stay tuned for our sequel podcast, Ultra Ultra Butt. Ultra <laughs> Butt. The rest of this podcast is going to transition to Ken Griffey Jr.'s butt. Okay, yeah. We take various celebrities and we uh, we list, list their butts. Who has yeah, who you're wins. ranking them. I don't. I don't. <laughs> see, it never ends. I don't see any problem with this. I mean, you, I think you're joking, and now I really want to do this podcast. Yeah. You know, yeah. Steve's trying to get us out of here so we can start his next podcast. <laughs> get out of here! I have to do this one alone. No. Um, all right, let's move on to our rankings. Uh, so each week we rank all the games as we are playing them. We are up to forty six games now, I believe. Oh, 46. So many, impressive. So many games. Uh, Josiah has two on this list. Like we said, we made him play Vigilante 8 and Vigilante 8 Second Offense, which for a brief moment was my very bottom of the barrel game. It has since been supplanted. But yeah. uh, well, how would you rank these two games compared to those two games? Well, um, you have a new list of four. I was really hoping we could play more Vigilante 8 <laughs> yeah. tonight. We um, still can. No, right. no, Just hang definitely out. not. Um, I think I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember. I think I said Vigilante Eight was better than Second Offense. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Because the other one was the Swamp One. We couldn't. Yeah. Drink. No, all right. right, it was yeah, a bad yeah. scene. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It was all bad. Um, I mean, I think just because it's a little bit more polished. What is? What's the second Slugfest? Slug. See, you don't even need to know the difference. Yeah, between, yeah, yeah. Slugfest was a little more fun, but ultimately, like, really good baseball games, and so that'll you know, Slugfest number one on my list now. There you go. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Slugfest, Major League Baseball, Vigilante Eight. Number one, Vigilante 8, number two. All right. That's Josiah's list. All Woody, right. where are you at? Um, I'm going to put, uh, yeah, we all agree that Slugfest is better. Um, I'm going to put that, I'll put it ahead of, uh, right ahead of Hybrid Heaven. Which, okay. Which is like 13 or something like that. All right. Um, yeah, it was fun. I would play more of it. I don't quite feel like there's any part of it that's like, go, if you play baseball games now, like, go out and find this one. At this rate, I think there's just it's, so many that you can probably but, find one that plays somewhere. And, in. and we can't conclusively, without having played the others, we can't conclusively say these are the best ones on the N64 just yet, but uh, these are the ones to beat. I'll yeah, say that. and I don't, and majorly, the first one, um, I did think was significantly less interesting. Um, really? Just, just based on the presentation and... I just felt like the second one played better. Um, and, I mean, it's one of these weird things about sports. When you go back and play, or sports game, when you go back and play, there's no reason for the first one to exist. Right. To ever play it at this point. Exactly. Because the second one is just better. Yeah. And does pretty much the same thing. So I'm going to put it um, under uh, Fighter's Destiny. Under Fighter's Destiny. Okay. All right. Uh, so for me, Sorry, I, I, I don't know why it took so much effort to figure that. That's out. okay. That's, no, that's okay. That's a really I'd thrilling podcast. I'd rather you be <laughs> thorough. Um, I'm sure the listeners will really care. This this was uh, a big big surprise for me. I really was not looking forward to playing these games, but I, I genuinely enjoyed them. So uh, they are both cracking the top ten Holy for me. Holy smokes! They're uh, they're going just my, below. Oh my! <laughs> they're going go. yeah. just below Hybrid Evan. So they're my new number nine and ten. Slugfest is first, and uh, MLB is second, just because the differences were negligible, but yeah, Slugfest does edge it just a little bit. I had a great time with these. I would play these again. Uh, I, I think they're they're very well worth the probably 50 cents yep. you'll pay for these. Cause it's a nice thing games, about liking sports games. You can get them cheap. It is generally true. It is very true. cheap. 
Uh, all right, so we have one last little bit of business today. Uh, we have a couple of letters. Woo! Yay! We love letters. You guys, you can send these letters into uh, ultra64podcast at gmail.com, as these two lovely people did. Uh, so this, it's been a while since we've got letters. It's been a little while. I'm excited about this. We need a mail time song. Oh, yeah. Well, why, why don't you sing it for <laughs> sing us? Sing one. Oh, I, I don't, you know, my voice is a little off today. And oh, <laughs> he's being a diva mail again. Mail time. Yeah, mail time. Not a bit we stole from the flop house. This is our <laughs> all right this first one is from adam uh he says hello Stephen woody and josiah but he didn't know you were going to oh, be that, here that jerk no that actually adam didn't, didn't doesn't like me as a guest very much yeah, we talked I mean, about it and he said no okay fair enough uh he says just got caught up on all the episodes thank you for getting the older episodes back up for me you're welcome uh my nintendo 64 collection started with harvest moon 64 nice which is a good one I didn't have a lot of games, just the main ones. I eventually the sold it all. Games. I think, yeah, well, we I, that's that the thing. Means. He says the main ones, and I know exactly what yeah, he's talking true. about. Yeah, that's true. That is a weird part. <laughs> uh, my issue with the N64 was the controller. I didn't like the analog stick and wish there was a better option. I found videos of people modding controllers with modern analog sticks. It wasn't until I sold mine that I found out about that there was a third-party option, and they did this with the Hori pad for the N64. If I knew about this, I might have kept my N64. Also, just recently, there's been another third-party controller called the Retro Fighters Brawler. Thought maybe you guys might want to spend some time on the podcast talking about these controllers so more people know about them. Keep up the good work. That's from Adam. Uh, yeah, I think eventually I do want to do like a peripheral, peripheral side-by-side because there are a lot of different controller options. I tend to go for the first-party option whenever possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, for as crappy, I mean, I'm glad Adam brought that up because as crappy as the Nintendo 64 sticks are, I don't think that anyone really likes the way those analog sticks feel. But no. they're much better than the third-party ones. Yeah. You can really tell a third-party N64 controller with the way that stick feels. We we even have, I, I have a couple that we play with sometimes when we have four players over, like, and they're... They're recently produced, yeah. like, retro controllers, and they're very stiff. Yeah. And I think maybe some of it is just going to involve, like, working with them more and, like, getting them worn down. It seems weird to, um, you, I don't know, to play a game like Super Mario 64 on a more modern stick, just because I feel like those game, those sticks give such precise control, Yeah. whereas I feel like the games don't want that precise of control, like, they wouldn't... They don't have that level of hit detection to yeah. know exactly where you're... I don't know. that. I would be really curious to see the controllers he's talking about and try them out. Yeah, I want to see some... So. I bet there I bet there are some really great modded controllers out there that are just super precise. I'd like to try those one sometime. Uh, so thank you for writing in, Adam. We appreciate it. We'll keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll think about doing a peripheral controller weirdness episode. Because yeah. Nintendo's always got some weird peripherals that they put on their systems, and uh, they're always fun. Nintendo 64, I would say, had some of the smallest quantities of weird peripherals. Yeah, I think uh, GameCube started leaning into it real hard yeah. with the bongo controller. Bongo. And, like, the, the, the e-reader. The like, e-reader, the, the Wii Fit board, like, yeah. started getting more and more. As, well, that's the Wii, yeah, obviously, but, but yeah. I was always a big fan of the um, lights for the Game Boy Advances. Mm, yeah, you could kind of like hook it onto your Game Boy Advance, and then you know if oh, you're driving yeah. on a road trip and it, it took like AAA batteries or something. That was always <laughs> the, uh, such a good moment in my life. I oh yeah, hated the light. Was one of those lights like went right over the top of the screen mm-hmm. and like yeah. you couldn't see the screen. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, yeah. well, do I want to go to sleep or do I want to have a glare on Super Mario? You have and... to get the magnifying light combo. Like it's a magnifier yeah. that blows oh, up your I screen, see. and okay. there's a light on it. That's how one, they get you. One thing I really did thought was weird about the third-party N64 controllers was the ones that had. No, uh, they they have like short nubs on. Oh the yeah, side. they don't have they the left have and right the handles. Full, 
the full nub on the front with the stick, but then they don't have the left or right hand. I just thought those were super uncomfortable. It looked and neutered, ugly. Yeah. yeah. It looked like it looked like someone had chopped them off. Yeah, yeah. It didn't look. I don't right. know why that design. I don't know if Nintendo had some kind of patent on the and design. That that design looks super strange, but it ergonomically it feels good, like in your hands to have like those nubs. You know, like it it, it makes sense when you're playing it's with nice it. Touching nubs. Well, it I is. Will, it's I great. Mean, yeah, That's no. my other podcast name. After I'm done with the butts one, I'm doing touching nubs. <laughs> touching touch touch nubs touch with Steve. You guys can be here for that one. Yo, Steve. <laughs> here for the nub touching. Oh, I don't you. want to hear the mail you get for that episode. <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> this week, can you touch my nubs? <laughs> anyway... Adam, damn it, you made us say that. Uh, let's move on yeah, to our next Adam's letter. It's Adam's fault. It's Adam's fault. fault. Adam, think about what you write from now on. <laughs> but, yeah, whether or not it has potential for numb touching. This, this next letter made me very happy and very relieved, and you'll understand why when we get into okay. it. This is from Tim. Uh, hi, Stephen Woody. I hear you don't get much mail. You don't seem to read any on air, so I figured I'd get the ball rolling by sending Ooh. a correction. Thanks, Tim. Infogrames doesn't rhyme with games. It rhymes with gram. Infogram was a French company whose name is a combination of informatique, the French word for computer science, and programme, or programs as Americans spell it. Most words in French are pronounced the same in both singular and plural, but are spelled differently just to fuck with you, so the S at the end is silent. That's why French speakers speak English, they sometimes forget to add the S to the end of words. I hope someone on your research team gets fired. Annoyingly yours, Tim. <laughs> well, like, Steve, that's you know not what? annoying at all. I liked him a lot. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Tim. Tim rhymes with Tim. This <laughs> this honestly is a huge like uh, a relief for us because we hate saying infogrames. We've both been like, very upset like, by I this. I, I thought I was like in one of our that episode. I'm like I thought it was infograms. Didn't I say that? You said no? info. Yeah, you said infograms, but it would be infogram. Oh. Yeah. Well, Steve, since you are 100% of our research team, I mm-hmm. suppose that means you are fired. So welcome to Nintendo 64 <laughs> with Woody and sometimes Josiah. Guess what? Golden parachute, bitches. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. He's still going to come into your house to record that. Yeah. Yes. yeah you have and to let me. still needs your I, collection. He still needs my equipment and my games. Yeah. Yes. Yes. recording equipment. see residuals, but so, you're off the show. Oh, and can you, can can you, can you, I, do you still want me to upload yeah, it to the... Yeah, can you edit and like, upload it? Yeah. 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 Okay. You do all the work. Okay. <laughs> That's fair and enough. Can you keep doing research? Just like yes, just send that along? yes, yes. Okay, okay. all right. You're back on the team. Cool. Awesome. Glad we worked through. I'm just not getting paid anymore. That's this right. This is <laughs> like when Larry David left, but Jerry Seinfeld had to keep doing all of the work by himself. <laughs> Sorry, Woody. <laughs> Who's the Larry David? Am I the Larry David? Oh, I guess you're Larry David. Okay. You're leaving. Okay. Okay. Which means it's all on you. All right. All right. Try to curb, your, curb your enthusiasm, yeah. everyone, please. Okay, just, exactly. Just curb well, that's it touching nubs. <laughs> Nub your enthusiasm. <laughs> Touch my nubs. All right, everybody. Wait, wait. Did we have any um, more to say about Tim's letter aside from thank you for correcting it? So it's thank infogram. you for writing that in. Infogram. Infogram. So like. Okay. It's spelled P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-E-S, but it's pronounced program, I'm assuming. Program. Right. So infogram, we could start saying. Tim, That's... send us more grammar corrections. We love them. No, yeah, I now, love it. I love it. better not mess it up because Tim will come oh, back I with know. a few. I'm, honest, I'm honestly excited by that. Like, that's if you're going to make a nitpicky correction, that's the way to make it, like yeah. with lots of context and lots of uh, information. I learned a lot from that, and I will start pronouncing it correctly. And if you're going to have a podcast about all the minutiae of Nintendo 64... There's nothing we love more than nitpicky corrections. We love like, it. We're all we'll, about nitpicking. This is your perfect audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, that's who we are. We're absolutely we're a couple of nitpicky nerds. 
Well, digging in deep. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, this has been Ultra 64. We are on iTunes and Stitcher and all the different platforms. You can find us online at ultra64podcast.com. That's where you can find our full list of the games we played. Uh, can, hit us up on Twitter. How can people write in? How can they follow the fine example sent by uh, Tim and Adam? Well, that's an excellent question. You can go to ultra 64 podcast at gmail.com you can send us a letter or you can follow us at ultra 64 podcast on twitter we actually got a great suggestion from somebody on twitter today that uh we should end our episodes with something more contextual to the game we played i like it so So, until next time until next time keep touching those nubs touch them nubs (laughs) and thank you to josiah for being here to touch nubs with us this ball into the podcast land. Ooh. And you guys are going home with a souvenir, which is a great new episode of Ultra 64. Da-na-na. There you go. That was actually much more on topic of the game. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Oh, yeah, the game we're playing next time. Three games. Oh, man. This one's going to be so fun. It's a Tetris triple feature. Tetrisphere, New Tetris, and Magical Tetris Challenge. So we're doing it up big. Nicole's coming on for that one for sure because she traded baseball for Tetris. So uh, tune in for that one. That's going to be a fun one because even bad Tetris is good Tetris. So even if these Mm. are terrible. We'll We'll put that theory to test. Yes, we will see. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Home run, nubs. Thank you.